0: Thank you, Jesus. I shout Jesus from the mountains. If I asked um oh, I don't know, one of you to come up here and sing for us. Uh, Phil Barron, for example. I'm not gonna ask you Phil, but you know of... If I ask Bill Barron to come up here, she come up here, Phil, and I to ask you to sing. Come up here. Come on, give me a hand. He's he's a brave soul. Now, I just want to. If um, if I did say that I wanted you to sing, would it be a lot easier if I offered to sing with you? Uh, what, it would help a lot. What, I would sing and you would sing. What about if if I got? If I got these three ladies to help you, would that encourage you that I could at least have a go at it? Uh, Possibly, again, I could just... You could just sort of opt out and in. uh, What's that good when you're miming? Miming, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Lip syncing. Lip syncing, yeah. But you'd be encouraged to at least stand there and look like you're kind of enjoying yourself, couldn't you? It's a lot easier than just... I enjoy listening to them. Phil, over to you to sing. It's like, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Right? But if I said, Phil, let's, let's just get the crew together, you could do it, right? Maybe. Uh, Yes. More inclined to. Yes. Well, what if I asked Trevor Dunford up Uh, here as well. Trevor Dunford, you come up here. Stay there, Trevor, you don't have to come. But if I picked you one at a time, it becomes a whole lot less threatening to actually contribute to the singing. Some of us are good singers, and some of us, like Phil, obviously is not so good. (laughs) That, That is true. That is true. I used to think well, I was a good singer, to I was my in wife. See, well, so you're, to- well, you're in so a, a good singer. A long time ago, before your voice broke. Lip syncing's great. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think I could sing well, in even doing harmony pass, But my wife says you've lost it. So you could encourage me, right? So if you sang the melody, I could sing the harmony, and we'd be like Laura. <laughs> we could harmonise together. We could. Oh, <laughs> Turn into a melody. Because, yeah, right. So anyway, Phil, I. I'd, you don't have to sing, buddy. I just wanted to come up here. Thank goodness, he says. <laughs> you can give the microphone back to John. Come on, give him a hand. It'll become obvious what that's about. I hope as this message comes out of my mouth in a little bit. Let me pray before you sit down. Father God, we thank you that we do get to gather together. Lord, I pray right now that you would send an incredible revelation into each heart this morning. About the power of gathering. Not just because there's so called safety in numbers or an encouragement or even a dynamic that happens when human beings interact, but Lord, because of your incredible anointing, the power of God that comes on us when we gather. Help us, Lord, to understand the heart of this message this morning and Lord let it change our lives in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you guys. So may you guys. Fantastic. Well I don't know if you've been keeping track of time in the calendar but it's now six weeks since Easter. 42 days. Back on Thursday in the church calendar it was Ascension Day. Sorry 43 days since the resurrection. 42 yesterday. So um, Ascension Day is the day that celebrates or recognises the day that Jesus went up into heaven. And the first chapter of Acts describes it quite graphically, that whilst he was sort of talking to the guys, he just started to end up in a glorious bright light and disappear, disappear behind some clouds. And that's the last we see Jesus in physical Context on planet Earth according to the way the Bible depicts the story. And so we've got this period of 40 days since the resurrection. And I don't know about you, but I kind of, in this whole section of our message over this last six weeks and next week's Pentecost Sunday, is what are we waiting for, God? Why do we have to wait 42 days? Or forty-three days, or forty—and it turns out to be fifty days. But Jesus has been with his disciples, and the Bible is mysteriously quiet and non-specific about what he did, and what he said, and what he taught them in those forty days. Let's just let that sort of sort of sit in you for a bit, because it's important to get a. A handle around that thought. Let me just read from Acts chapter 1. This is the whole chapter this morning we're looking through. Not reading the whole lot, but we're going to look at it closely. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. So it sounded like he needed to just keep telling people who didn't believe that, hey, I'm the real deal, I'm actually here. Uh, He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Doesn't say when this was, just says on one occasion. So, within the framework of 40 days, he's piped up with this statement Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, let's just think about this. He's talking to disciples who are, by majority, Galileans. They don't live in Jerusalem. They came down to Jerusalem for the Passover with Jesus. He's crucified, stuck in a tomb, being raised to life. They are aware the whole of Jerusalem was in uproar. Peter was accused and by some various people. You're one of his followers. You're from Nazareth and he denied knowing Jesus and Jesus restores him, it says in John's Gospel. But I want you to think about that. From the point of view, it's a bit like going to visit Melbourne. Not that you want to go there, but anyway, that's just a personal opinion. Uh, just getting back at the, some of the barbs that come our way for being South Australians. Um, but it's like going to Melbourne as a Port Adelaide supporter and having to move into Carlton for 40 days. Bad analogy? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good win. Uh, oh, a Crow supporter. And going to oh, living no, no. and living in Collingwood country. <laughs> that better? It's kinda of like you know that if you walked around with your crow's outfit on in Collingwood, you'd probably get at least some verbal hurry up about get out of here, or who do you think? It it would be probably just banter of some description. So it's probably not a bad, not a good analogy. But my point is they were asked by Jesus to stay in a place of difficulty. That's not a nice thought for us. We like to think Jesus is going to lift us out of our difficulties when we want. And he's got a timeline that's got a purpose beyond what we want. Always has, always will. And so we've got to learn how to settle that. So 40 days and they're waiting for the gift. Say waiting. Who likes waiting? I think I've preached something about that here before. Waiting's not a strength of mine. Um, I can get a little impatient waiting for some things, but six weeks Ascension day. What would you have been thinking if Jesus had said that to you? You 've just witnessed him being killed. you just witnessed, you think he 'd been raised to life, kind of working on, do I is, is it for real? Is he the same guy? Is, is it actually jesus i 've heard about it i didn't actually haven 't seen him yet. There's all this interaction. I want to ask you what kind of questions would you have had? When he says wait for the gift, what does he mean? When is he going to consume, assume control of the world? The Old Testament's full of stories about this king rising up who's going to reign forever. Perhaps he's going to, like, what are you waiting for? Maybe he's just, this is just part of the pre-coronation moment for Jesus to ascend to the throne as the king of the world. They've got no idea, we've got an idea what's going on because we know at that point in time that didn't happen in the sense that it's completed. Um, as in, yes, he is the king, but there's a whole lot of subjects that don't acknowledge that just yet. It's clear that he's real but different. Like Imagine the conundrum for them, that some of those that were in a room that was closed, like this with the doors closed and Jesus just appears, says something and then disappears. It's like, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to freak out. I'm thinking that's a bit weird and then the same question I've started for myself like the old chant why are we waiting why are we waiting what's going on the doers and shakers in the church here would be tapping their feet you'd get a little bit of that jiggle on you know the person that's got the nervous twitch on the floor it's like just wound up but what God's saying no just wait Oh, I don't want to do that. Why isn't he sorting out the Roman occupiers? If Jesus is risen conquering Lord, why isn't he zapping those Roman centurions? Why isn't he kicking the Romans out of, out of Israel? This is God's country. And the Jewish leaders, like, who the heck do they think they are? They don't even believe he's the Messiah. Just fry them. Just send down a bolt of lightning. When there are endless unanswered questions, Surrounding our circumstances. I want to say this to you, it's time to surrender. Remember our ascent motive? Surrender, enter his presence, navigate problems, and timing is always important to God. Surrender. That is, let me just put this another way very bluntly, stop fighting God. How much time have I wasted fighting God because I don't agree with his course of action I don't agree with his timeline I don't agree with his diagnosis I don't agree with anything I'm, I'm really ticked with God I wouldn't probably ever put that language around it because I don't want people to think that I'm that kind of person but at the end of the day if I dig deep down into my soul I'd have to confess there have been times when I'm not happy with God and I want to say to you I don't want to say to me The answer to that is to stop fighting that is surrender Jacob in the Old Testament was a scoundrel deceiver deceptive a liar he stole his brother's birthright he had a mother who was as manipulative as he was and he got to a point in time where God let him run that course but there was an encounter in uh, in the scriptures where he has this it's called Jacob wrestles with God he has a fight with God and he fights the whole night I don't know how long he have been fighting with God for but it says at the end of that story that he, um, his name gets changed his hip was ripped from its socket and it was dislocated so he limped for the rest of his life and God said you're no longer Jacob you're Israel and, but it says something weird that because you've overcome you fought God and overcome you can read that and think, well, he beat God? No, 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 no. He wrestled with God and overcame his incredible desire to fight. You've know, I've got to learn to surrender afresh. What is it that you're actually burning energy in this morning that's actually wrestling not with a bank or a debt or a relationship or a family squabble or some personal disappointment, But the squabble, if you really were nailing it down, you're having having a rumble with God. I'd say to you, the smartest thing you could do is do what Jacob did, surrender. Point number one. Oh, don't you love this? So let's go on down. Chapter one, verse six through nine. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're thinking these things like the Romans have got to go. The Jewish leaders have got it go, Jesus is king. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power, say power. power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he'd said this, this is verse 9, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from sight. So that's Jesus doing the big vamoose, he's gone. The presence of the Holy Spirit is the key to being empowered. So this next comment from me might be controversial for you. So don't throw stones. If you're listening online, don't send hate email. Interestingly, he does not say when the Holy Spirit enters you, you receive power. He says when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power. And not only that, he's not saying when the Holy Spirit comes on you, Brad. He's saying when the Holy Spirit comes on use all. Use, Y'all. Going down to Texas, we're going to y'all. When y'all get the fear of spirit, the power of God's going to come on you. Y'all. It's so important to get this. We live in one of the most narcissistic, individualistic seasons in human history. Where we read a word like that in our English Bible, the word you, because we don't differentiate between first and second person or singular and plural. It's a plural you. The right way through these verses, it's plural you. So it's not about little old Brucey Williams getting touched at the altar and being filled with Jesus that gives me power. It's Bruce Williams, in my case, being f- filled in the, on the altar with the Holy Spirit, receiving gifts, but because I'm at the altar with you guys, I get power to be a witness. You want to witness for Jesus, don't be a lone wolf. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't pray for somebody by yourself. doesn't mean you can't witness to people, whoever you meet, wherever you go. But make no mistake, the power to do that actually burns in this place. Yeah. You want to do Christianity without church or without connect group, without fellowship, good for you. I'm going to tell you, you might be the most gifted person in the world, but you won't have the same effect as the power to witness that'll happen when you're firmly established in a local church. Yeah. So he's saying the Holy Spirit comes on you. And it says in chapter 2, next week's Pentecost Sunday, John will unpack this for you. It does say that the tongues of fire came and rested on them and, say and, Amen. and the Holy Spirit entered into them. But he's specific here that the power to witness, say power. Power. The power to witness is an us deal. Don't ever think it's about you. It's not about you. God needs you. He wants you and he loves you, but he needs us to be the witness. Our church is a witness in this community. You are a witness in this community by yourself. There is no two ways about that. But my thought this morning to put before you is this. Your effectiveness to have that power is going to be directly connected to your connection to the house of God. Yeah. So you might have the most amazing gift of of performing miracles or healing power. Good for you. Use it to the best of your ability. But the ability to influence people to come to Christ, to come to Jesus, is centered in this. This place is where it's at to get the power to be a witness it doesn't make any sense to anybody anyone getting ready to throw stones at me everyone's happy? well you don't have to ask that question Um, preaching's about making you mad and glad um, at the same time depending on where you happen to be sitting this morning so we're filled with the spirit as individuals receive spiritual gifts that doesn't necessarily mean we have power we have gifts so if you're at all interested in this whole dynamic come along tonight Looking at the communication gifts, we're going to be talking about that. Um, just turn up if you're not sure what I'm talking about. Five o'clock, uh, speak the kingdom. We're going to look at um, a number of the gifts, the communication gifts, the gifts that are to do with talking, the gifts of the spirit, that talk of you know, prophecy, speaking in tongues, words of knowledge. Oh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun together. We're going to have this hands-on practicing. We're going to see whether this dynamic of the power, what's, what's that about? So what I'd say to you? As an addendum to that line of thinking, um, getting along to prayer meeting in our church. Sunday morning's good, but prayer is the place of power. Yeah. So, a corporate prayer meeting's not my scene. Don't really like it. There's too many other people talking, or it's boring, or I just don't, it's not my thing. It's like, what if it's the place of power? Yeah. What if it's the place where God's spirit does something that's unique as a corporate anointing? It's like yeah, anyway, just an invitation to be there. So it's not in either or scenario. I'm not talking about it as neither one nor the other, it's both and. His presence manifested here will give us power to witness and cause us as individuals to be filled. So I'd put it to you do all well in your power to be together in one place, often to enter his presence. That's what the scripture just described. They were in one place together and they were doing it regularly. Not like just, well, let's, what else? Do you want to go to the movies tonight? No, let's have a prayer meeting. Do you want to go for dinner? No, let's have a prayer meeting. These guys were passionate. They, they were on the cusp of change and they knew what it was to enter into his presence. Let's read on. Chapter 1 verses 14 through 17. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Say constantly. constantly. This is not constantly in bed by yourselves and praying. It doesn't say that. It says they says they all joined together constantly in prayer. They understood something which I think can get lost on us. Especially for those of us that have been in church for a long time. We can end up with a very ritualistic view of what this is. This is not ritual. This is an encounter with God, an expectation to get into his presence, to get the power of his presence on my life so that I and we, we together can be a witness. Heaven forbid that it's become ritual, but it has. It does. We do all sorts of things as rituals. I clean my teeth as a ritual every morning. It's just a habit. I walk out the house one day and I didn't clean my teeth. I think, what the heck's wrong with me this morning? I was distracted. It's like, it's just a habit. And prayer meeting needs to be a habit on the one hand but God forbid it becomes a habit it needs to be something that I just consciously go I'm in yeah. it's like yeah I'm there is it easy to do? no is it easy to be committed to that? no that's because it's about God just think about some of the barriers to navigate to be at things where the power to witness might be manifest I got a fair chance of saying to you you'll find quite a lot of reasons to not be there that are very legitimate on the one hand, but you've got to ask the question behind that comment. It's like, is the enemy up to something tricky here? Am I being excluded? Am I actually opting to not get there and I'm actually missing the deception that's at work here? Romans chapter 1 talks about the season we're living in, where it talks about in the arena of sexual perversion in particular, but it talks about God will give the generation In this season, over to a powerful delusion. So, where good becomes good is referred to as bad, and bad referred to as good. And uh, I want to say that we've got to be careful that we don't let ourselves get deceived or deluded into thinking we can do it without X, Y, and Z. We can do it without this, we can do it without that. I've got to tell you there's things we can't do without and coming together regularly is not one of them, okay? So centrally, decision-making here, let me read that, sorry, I'll go back to the verses. They joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up amongst the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. So they're working out how to replace him. They're actually having a management meeting, but it starts with prayer. We have a service debrief here every Monday. We go through what happened at church on Sunday and a bunch of us sit down and look at the nuts and bolts of every service we do. But we start in here at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. We pray together for 15 minutes. We commit the time we spend doing the admin to God in prayer so that we actually are doing what these guys did. They prayed and then they made some decisions. So central to decision-making is the ability to wait And to wait was prayer, corporate prayer. So in the middle of all that is a very strong encouragement from Pastor Bruce to have a think about our church prayer meeting and where it sits in your arena of priorities. If you don't want to make any changes to that arena of your life, I am not going to be critical of you and it's not the point of raising it. The point of raising it is I think that we can sometimes miss something because we actually weren't there. I'll give you an example about I don't it was a, a prayer and fasting Wednesday, not this last one last week, but the one before, I think, or even longer ago. I find God speaks to me as a senior pastor of this church in lots of places, but one where he really does speak to me is here, in the corporate prayer meeting. And I had this really random thought pop into my head and once I get a thought like that at a prayer meeting and it's God, I start to recognise it is God. Um, Because it's not always God, it's just me having a random thought. But I felt like God said, you need to start praying together for this church to open the door to 60, 30-year-olds over the next 12 months. 60, 30-year-olds. It'll change the dynamic of the church. The future of the church is not in 65-year-olds. I mean, I'm going to keep doing what I do because that's what I'm doing. As long as I've got breath, it'll happen. But I'm going to drop dead one day and not be here. And what I do want to hope is that 60, 30-year-olds... And the others that are 30-ish in our church now go, we've got this, Pastor. We're going on to the next the next destination. And when we're 65, 70 and 80 years of age, we're going to be celebrating the 30-year-olds coming into the church then because God's got this. My point in saying that to you is that sort of conversation and that prayer point comes out in a prayer meeting. If you want to know what the heartbeat of our church is, I'm not here every week and our preachers do a great job. But... I say lots of things at prayer meeting that I know God's wanting us to get onto. So if I'm laboring the point, because I'm laboring the point. We've got serious work to do. We're living in extremely difficult times. They're going to get more and more complicated. Um, it's, it's just a complex world um, we're living in. And uh, as I alluded to, you've got artificial intelligence who knows where that's going to land down the track it's a scary world when people who have invented it are starting to say to um, people who make decisions about our future that you need to regulate this because it's going to get out of control uh, it's a scary world we've got a scary world of ideology people want to have ideologies about everything it's like we haven't got an ideology we have faith yeah. we have faith in the living God he's real and he is the king and he will come back and we do win it's just, it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's a bit like, buckle up, we've got turbulence. It's like, that's just the nature of the life at the moment. So, um, the next part of this story is a little bit interesting for us, I think. So after they prayed, um, it says, they're necessary to choose one of the two men who've been with us the whole time the Lord was living amongst us. So these, these weren't newbies, they were people that were part of the circle of, Probably 120. Beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas and Matthias. Then, guess what they did? They prayed, again. Where? In a corporate meeting, all together, to appoint somebody. Corporate prayer meetings are awesome. Things happen in a corporate prayer meeting. God gets people to do things he wants them to do or appoints them to do things. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these men you've chosen to take over the apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then verse 26 is the tough one. Then they just pick Dave. No. Then they cast lots. Isn't that gambling? How does that work? What's the point of praying if you're casting lots? Can't you just cast lots and forget the prayer? Just asking a practical question. Don't you think that's a reasonable thing to say? It's just No, it's not a reasonable thing to say. They prayed and attached to an historical perspective, there's no such thing as luck. Everything. Say everything. everything. Everything's determined by God. You think, oh, it's just bad luck, this happened. It's like, well, maybe it's not. But I just say prayerless cast lotting is luck. Prayer-filled prayer cast lotting is not luck. I think that's where I've landed, kind of, kind, of. It's kind of. So it's committing something that appears random to God and say, God, we're going to let that help us to make a decision. So they cast lots and the, the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. Does anybody else have a problem with that? Just give me a little honest way for just say that's a little bit confronting. Oh, you guys are supposed to be friends. I just find that a little bit, a little bit random anyway. Oh, okay. I just, well, that's good. My preaching must be doing something useful. That's good. And we're nearly at the end here, guys. Um, the timing for being selected to be a witness is up to God. So Pentecost Sunday next Sunday, That was God's call. 50 days after the resurrection. It's connected to 50 days, the Pentecost, original one in the Old Testament. I think you've heard say, Pastor Phil spoke about it in the spirit course we did. About 50 days after the law was given, Moses came down, threw the tablets down because the people were going nuts and 3,000 people died 50 days after Jesus' resurrection and the Holy Spirit comes and the very next thing, 3,000 people get saved. Um, they're connected they're not just random bits of information That, that that timeline is important in the Old Testament and it's important to see it revisited in the New Testament with a very very different outcome so timing is important to God your life today in this chapter of history is not your choice but his like you and I are living in 2023 because God wanted us to be don't be thinking for a moment, you're just an, you've evolved from an amoeba and you're just here by some random luck of cosmic whatever, randomicity. You're here because God wanted you yeah. here in Australia in 2023 yeah. to be a witness to Him. So let's get excited together that not only has He called us to this time, He's also promised to give us the Holy Spirit which has come so that we can be witnesses. So it's time to stand to our feet and go, I'm in. Come on, stand to our feet. Let's come to a close here this morning. I don't know about you, but I started to get a little bit kind of pumped up about this. It is time to step up into the calling of this season, position ourselves where we will receive power. I want to encourage you. I've talked about prayer meeting. I'm talking about Sunday morning here in in our meetings on a Sunday. Like see it as a place where the power of God, the power to witness is going to come on us, on us. It goes out the door on us. It's so that people can see Him. And we can have our private conversations and we can have our private prayer moments with people and lay hands on them and don't ever stop doing that. But remember that the power to witness, the power to break souls that are lost is caught up in us being together. So let me close in prayer. Father, we thank You for the incredible richness of the story, the beginning of Acts, where the disciples were doing lots of things together they lived life together and they were blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit together so I pray for an incredible moment right now that your power would come upon us Lord Lord, we look forward to next Sunday where we reflect on it being Pentecost Sunday. We remember the Holy Spirit that very first time fell on people. where things changed, the disciples experienced the Holy Spirit in the presence of Jesus. We experienced Jesus in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I pray for each one of us today that during this week, we pause and contemplate next Sunday. Lord, is another opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with fire. So, Lord, we walk with the Holy Spirit in us and the power of God on us to be witnesses. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Tuesday morning prayer meeting this week, Johnny Toma was talking to me about the front of this church, shared with the rest of the guys about reminding us again that we'd, we'd put anointing oil on the floor here under the carpet before we carpeted it. Consecrating and dedicating the space to be a place of not just coming down the front of church. We actually call it an altar, not because people get sacrificed here, but it is a place of surrender where we surrender our sickness to Jesus, we surrender our attitude to Jesus, we surrender our ignorance to Jesus, we surrender our whatever. And so this area is open for business every Sunday. And uh, once the team's finished singing this morning, well, whilst they're singing this last song, if you need to come down here to surrender, maybe you have been fighting God, And when I said that before, it kind of hit you a little bit like, whoa, okay. But since then, half an hour later, maybe God's just been on your case. If you need to come and surrender to Him this morning, whilst we're singing this last song together, please come down, I'd love to pray with you. If Jesus is not your Lord and Saviour, come and speak to me at the end of the service. You go, what are you talking about? If you don't even know what I'm talking about, come and talk to me and I'll chat some more with you just to help you get on that journey of discovering Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. So Lord bless us as we close with this worship song. Thank you Lord.